Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, dude. Yay. Good morning and welcome, friends, to a very chilly episode of the Brian Trust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is it's cold. Been... Not in well, California. Oh, we have fires. <laughs> oh, yes, not you... funny. Well, not funny. that's in Southern California more, I think. But no. um, there's, oh, is there stuff up north, too? Oh, yes. Okay. We, I wasn't yeah, aware. We have the campfire. This is r- it's right near Chico. Oh, that's right. Okay. I didn't Sacramento, realize that. that area. I didn't not know that was up north. 100, but, miles yeah. from, 100 miles from Sacramento. Oh, boy. There are aerial shots of the smoke and what it's doing, you know, how the wind is blowing. Mm-hmm. We're all getting it. It's blowing yeah. down. It's it's blowing west and south. Like it's shifts. Interesting. Oh, yeah. We're getting So, they'll meet up with the smoke, uh, with the fires in Malibu and like oh, over goodness. near, I mean, they're in a Griffith Park. I guess they're evacuating, they evacuated some animals from the LA Zoo. Oh, yeah. Just in case, you know, oh, yeah. things like that. And some, oh, people, yeah. some people have evacuated from... Burbank and some of those other areas, well, not, in, not the city itself, but the hills and stuff um, where fires right. are getting a little close. And, and right. Well, we at the Brian Trust, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that's affected by this. It's horrible. Absolutely. Absolutely horrible. I would never wish this on anybody. <clears throat> All of Malibu um, got evacuated. Yes. Yeah. There. Somebody had a photo of the uh, the PCH with all the cars going south. Oh yeah, out of Malibu. So oh, it was like goodness. nonstop. Yeah, it was just a flood of cars and trucks and stuff. It's awful. But exactly. uh, awful. yeah, and then elections were this week. Of course, midterms were this week. As mm-hmm. um, we talked about that a little bit last week, mm-hmm. uh, not drastically. Some good, some interesting results. Sure, here and there. You know, a little bit. Some mm-hmm. stuff still hasn't been completely decided yet. They're still counting votes in a lot of places. So that's. Which well, is good. It was a really good turnout. So, yes. for, well, I for, hope the daylight savings time in California sticks. I, I hate changing the time. What was what was that specifically? Now they were going to permanently to daylight savings, or they're just they're getting doing yes. away with it like Arizona did. Yes, they're permanently going to go to daylight savings time. I believe that's what it's the an odd choice, but so it wouldn't take effect until several next. years. Out. Well, if I think it's well, isn't it like Congress actually has to. Does Congress have to allow it? I think there's um yeah there's an act of Congress or something that has to be has to go along with that. I think, um, uh, if yeah. I remember correctly, um, mm-hmm. or maybe not. I don't know. But um, let's see. Here we go. Arizona's just always been that way, so I never really. Here, let's get the official word from the Guardian. How about that? Uh, let's see. I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs. People around the U.S. are accustomed to a biannual clock change, but Californians have voted to never have to switch their clocks back again. Prop 7, an initiative that grants the state's legislator the power to put an end to gaining an hour each autumn, won with nearly 60% of the vote on Tuesday night, showing if. there's a widespread support for keeping the state in daylight saving time all year round. Okay. But uh, there's an extra, because I'm reading the actual ballot measure. That's yes. if federal law is changed to allow for permanent daylight savings. Yes. So it has to wait until until mm. Congress actually does something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Under federal <laughs> law, states can decide to skip the springtime shift and stay in standard time. But so far... No state has been able to stay forever on the daylight saving schedule. 
Right. See, standard time makes more sense. I don't know why they would jump to. Maybe because it's too dark in the morning. Savings time. Well, that's. that's, know. That's sunrises and sunsets. I mean, it's the standard time. Sunrise. Sunset. sunset. See, daylight savings time is just weird. Like, it's a weird option. I know why they do it, but it's it's just weird at this point. Um, And especially for all the, you know, having clocks and things and, you know, effective alarms and stuff where people can get up and actually do the things they need to do before daylight. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Research has shown the negative effects of a time change, including a 2016 study, Chu. Now, Chu is Canson Chu. He's the person that sponsored the bill with Lorena Gonzalez Fletcher. He's a state assemblyman. Uh, Chu, uh, let's see, including a 2016 study, Chu cited in his official argument that found an 8% rise in the rates of strokes following daylight saving. Vulnerable people with like cancer victims and the elderly were found to be most at risk with their stroke rates jumping 25 to 20% respectively. Another study done in 2012 at the University of Alabama, Birmingham showed a 10% spike in heart attacks was associated with losing an hour each spring. So going backwards, spring forward uh, caused apparently some issues for people. Yeah. According to uh, here, according to reporting by the Atlantic, the sleep loss takes a toll on more than our health. Sleepiness after time shifts has an effect on productivity with yep. an annual cost to the economy of more than $434 million. Yeah. Anyway, that, so this that, is, that conversation comes up every time the clock changes, like twice yeah, a year. Like yeah. Clockwork when, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting article. It's a very interesting article. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I just, ugh, the time change. And I can attest to that, man. In spring, when you lose an hour, it sucks. Hey, I had to. I had to go through it just now <laughs> myself last weekend. So mm-hmm. it was the funny thing was I got up and my body, I think I'm okay now. It took a few days, but I noticed that like Sunday morning after the clocks changed, I woke up and I was awake and I'm like, Oh, what time is it? I looked at my watch and it was, you know, like 10 minutes to five or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's still too early. And went back to sleep. I forgot about the time change because all my clocks change automatically. So I don't think about it. Yeah. Um, so I got up and went to, so I I got up to go grocery shopping at my usual time and, and things like that. And I realized and there were a lot more people in the store than usual. And I was like, what's going on? And I realized like, oh, that's right. Mm. It was like, there's way more daylight at this time, 7 a.m. than there was oh, like a week ago. Man. Like, that's why. But Super it's so weird, weird that the sun is it was just. So my body, my body clock was got up at the right time. It just wasn't the right time. Right. Um, so it took a couple of days for me to kind of mm-hmm. adjust to that. I think I'm, I think I'm okay now ish mm-hmm. um, for work and stuff. Cause I just, I hate getting up early <laughs> like that. Just like wake up and it's always oh. like an hour before my alarm goes off. I'm like, no, no. It's like, I, don't, oh, I, I don't like that. You're like trying to, and then you just drift back off to sleep and no. then the alarm goes off. It's like, oh man, yeah. in the REM cycle. What's your but, alarm set to? Like, well, what do you, what do you wake up to? Um, I've been using, uh, the, uh, the bedtime feature on iOS. Yep. But what so is it? What's, the, what's the sound? Like, piano. It's like a very gentle piano melody. Oh, that's thing. nice. That's um, nice. and that works because I do hear it because yeah. it starts off quiet. And it gets louder as the piece goes through to the end. Uh, yeah. And, and it does, it, 
No, no. It's yeah, yeah, the jarring ones they still scare me. If I set the oh, regular wow. alarm, that's like a jarring one, but the oh, bedtime yeah. one is like no, oh, I don't, I don't like, like waking up all jolted. It's time to get up. Well, because I can't use that music on the regular alarm, so it's not like, oh man. Yeah. Um I wake up to birds. Yeah, they, you can hear them. They're very quiet, but I'm like, oh, birds. Unless they're angry and then <laughs> Nah, the, the alarm is it's just right. birds. Yeah. Yeah, it's just cute little birds. So other than other than fires and uh elections and thing, how was your week? Okay ish? Yeah, okay. It was fine. Right, uh, cool. Not not as not as nutty as you know past weeks, but yeah. yeah, not super eventful necessarily. No, nothing no, and I like right. it that way. Uh the only event I mean really it's just been outside, it's just been this like <clears> orange <throat> weird haze uh over everything, you know. Because yeah. of all because of all the smoke that we're getting, and uh, you know our cars and 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 stuff are all coated with ash. So I mean, par for the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing really eventful. Uh, I I found a cool Latin saying that I've uh, that kind of stuck with me when I when I found okay. it. Uh, it is. I have to find it. I'm sorry. I should have had this ready. Here it is. Quam uh, bene, and I'm gonna bat, I'm gonna botch this because I don't I don't I don't speak Latin. Quam bene bibas refert non quam diu. Have you ever I, heard that? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> would I you have. care to translate? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta find the translation. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> no, here it is. Here it is. No, no, no. He kind of uh, prepped for these things. These shows. I know. I'm sorry. I had it, and then I switched over to check out the Daily Savings. Okay. Uh, the Latin quam bene vives referred non quam diu translates as, it is how well you live that matters, not how long. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Quality versus quantity. Yeah. I mean, that's, exactly. that's very true. Exactly. I, uh, I have my own personal motto, which is uh, semper ubi sub ubi. <laughs> What's that? Uh, yeah. Some people know it uh, very well. Uh, it translates as always wear underwear. <laughs> uh, uh, there are a couple of uh, variations of that. Um, it's kind of... Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's, a few, there's a few places where that's... Um, what? So, some people, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I first came across it in like the nineties. Um, I did a phase with the uh, SCA, the society for creative anachronism, uh, medieval recreation, you know, combat and armored fighting and stuff. And somebody actually had it on the, uh, somebody actually had it on the inside of their shield. Oh, when they went into combat and had, had inscribed it in the back of their shield. And I was like, what does that mean? And that's what he told me. I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause I knew Semper. I was like, okay, always. Yeah. And sub was under, I just didn't know what Ubi was. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, there's some variations on that. Uh, they're, you know, they're meant for oh, comedic things. Um, yeah, of course. Oh, oh let me, funny. let me grab this and I'll, I'll put this in the robot. And here's just the site I just came across now that has a bunch of stuff like this. <laughs> um, it's a bunch of Latin sayings. Yeah. There is an expanded version of Semper Ubi sub Ubi. It's, Semper ubi sub ubi in caput tuum, which is always wear underwear on your head. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, oh, these are great. Yeah, there's some really strange ones in here uh, for sure. Oh. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. To a mater est voca foeda. Your mother's a dirty cow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. Yeah. see Latin laqueris. Honk if you speak Latin. Yeah. Oh. Oh, this is good. This is good. Yeah, what a what a great find. <laughs> this is nice. Ray Vera Potas Bene. Say, you sure are drinking a lot. Sibum <laughs> <laughs> amo. I love food. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, your mother's dirty cow. I just saw that one. Yeah, oh, Vincent Omnia Veritas. Truth conquers all. You know that's that's mm-hmm. a classic. Yep. One non torsal oh. subligarium. Don't get your knickers in a twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh this is great i'm gonna be looking through this this is awesome yeah. very nice well well played oh. sir vini vini adultery <laughs> I came i saw what i came i saw i committed adultery <laughs> some of these are not exact latin but no. they're, they're so oh yeah. but still yeah so that that'll be fun That's or fun. the uh, vini vidi dormi v dormi v I came, uh, I saw, I slept. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is funny. This is a nice list. Yeah. Good list. Uh, that'll be a fun one. for. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes for everybody to enjoy, uh, for sure. Um, oh, or the Veni Vidi Flatty. <laughs> came, I saw, I farted? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Flatuai? Flat, Yeah, Flatty. Flatty, F-L-A-T-T-I, or how do they spell it? F-L-A-T-I, Flotty. Flotty. Game I saw, I farted. Huh. Oh, sounds so much better in in Latin. Very <laughs> so, Flotty. Oh, wait, I need to I need to bookmark that. I may come back every once yeah, in a while. Well, I'm going to come back to this one for sure. I'm going to save that one to come That's back to That's hilarious. That's just... I need to put it in yeah. the bookmark folder. Dormivi, yeah, Dor Dormivi, Dormivi. I think it's Dormivi. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's always a fun. Oh, that is hilarious. That is good stuff, man. Yeah. Where am I going to put <laughs> this? Dami hisis seravisium dilutum. I'll have a light beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh here, I'll just, man, I'll just pop this here for now. There. My go. apologies to anybody who speaks Latin in the audience who is cringing at our pronunciations we are ruining this for sure um i uh i i am not a latin expert by any stretch and i i'd like to be better at pronunciation but that's not one i really latin's not one i really stress about so no no me neither <clears throat> uh, i had something very I'm more of an accents guy than 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 anything you know that's, oh, that's right i like interest i find interesting but talk like this uh I had something very interesting happen to me, somewhat scary. Um, I was third party to a really bad car accident. (gasps) And here's what I mean by that. Uh, I was on the freeway on an on-ramp. And the on-ramp is slightly lower than where the freeway was. So it's going up up the hill. While you're coming up this on-ramp, you look over to your left. You kind of have about, I don't know, three feet or four feet or so of hill. And then you can kind of see the freeway up there. So you're kind of rising, you know, if you can picture this, you're rising on the on-ramp to meet the freeway, right? You're kind of going up the, up the on-ramp. Okay. Okay. So I'm kind of stuck on this on-ramp. There's a lot of traffic and uh, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear what sounds like hail hitting my car. 
you know, like picture yourself in your car and you're in the middle of a hailstorm. That's what it sounded like. Okay. And I was like, what is that noise? Because it was completely clear outside. I look over to my left and there's a car spinning out above me, Ew. like right next to me. Yikes. Right? And what, what the sound was on my car was the debris of the car behind this car that was spinning out, slamming into the back of this car at breakneck speeds. Sure. I didn't hear any screeching. And I certainly, you know, it was like, anyway, but I was getting rained on with all of the glass and debris from the accident. Ooh. Yeah. So I look over to my left and there's this car spinning out. And thank God that this car stopped where it did. The, wheel, the back wheels were right at the edge of the hill. Mm, okay. I'm not kidding. A foot more, perhaps, and that car probably would have gone down the hill and either hit me or flipped over and landed on top of me. Mm. But I was stuck. I couldn't go anywhere. I was completely, completely stuck. Um, but uh, nothing, no, nothing happened to me or my car. Uh, I just had a bunch of debris on it. It's not a big deal. Um, and then a bunch of people got out of their cars and were helping the people that had just gotten in this accident, right? And so, yeah, I didn't feel the need to stick around because there was plenty of people there, and I didn't want to <clears> add to the uh, traffic. Sure, sure. But um, wow, that was that was pretty pretty frightful. It was pretty scary. You know that it could happen. You know, people are always talking about being so careful. Yeah. I don't want to fly because, like, you know, plane could crash. I don't want to do. What was I doing? I was just sitting in traffic. I wasn't doing anything. I was. I wasn't even moving. And, you know, this this could have gone really bad, really yeah. fast. But I had a guardian angel that day, looking over, looking after me. Whew. Bad enough. So scary. But the back of that car, I don't know what it was—a Volkswagen, something or other, whatever. But the back of that car was completely mashed in, and the other car, it just they the guy or, or I didn't even see who it was, but the person behind either was sleeping or wasn't paying attention or whatever, but just slammed right in the back of this car, probably at like 60 miles an hour. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it was interesting that I got rained on by the debris before I actually saw the, the, the mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the debris was, was thrust forward in front of the whole thing. Whew. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That was that was pretty scary. Whew. Yeah, but um, yeah, and uh, it was interesting. I was a little little shaken up, but not much. Like okay. I had a moment like, "Whoa, that could have been really bad," you know. And then that was about it. Then I just went on with my day. <sighs> right on. Yeah, man. But it could happen. It could happen in an instant. You don't know. That is very true. Very, very true. Yeah. I, uh, I can't say my, my week was quite that exciting. Uh, um, I, had a, I, I'm trying an experiment this week. Oh yeah. A little bit. Well, there's two things in particular. Um, so last week we were talking about the, the big Lebowski. Uh, yes. I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet, oh. but well, no, I'm getting to it. It, All it inspired, right. it inspired an idea. Oh. All right. Because um, not long after I was listening to last week's episode of the Incomparable podcast, and they were talking about 2001, uh, A Space Odyssey, you know, the Stanley Kubrick 1968, because it's the 50th anniversary this year of that movie, which I totally forgot about. Right. Um, 
and it occurred to me listening to, I mean, it was a good discussion about the movie and, and stuff, but it had occurred to me that I have never actually sat and watched that all the way through. Oh, it's a fantastic film. Well, that's the thing. I, I've tried a few times over the years, but I never could seem to get it done without falling because I'd fall asleep. Yeah. And it, cause it was, to me, it was, it was really long and just the, like, I can't get past the beginning with the, the apes and the lion. Like I fall asleep very yeah. quickly yeah. and then I'd wake up like somewhere very near the end. Yeah. And so I decided I was like, okay, well, between that and the big Lebowski, I'm like, and then, and then I was uh, at work the next day on Monday and sitting down, I was having lunch at work cause I stayed late to work on some other stuff and, um, on TV. They had, uh, Master and Commander, which was like a Russell Crowe's, like the sailing movie um, that came out in like 2003. So that's like 15 years old. Oh, yeah. A, that made me feel old because I'm like, oh, my God, it really is that old. And then, oh, boy. <laughs> um, and then, and then I realized, I'm like, oh, wait, I wonder about this sometimes. So I, so I put up a post on Facebook uh, a few days ago uh, just reaching out to people. And I was like, okay, so I decided I want to watch some movies this month. Yeah. But not just any movies. Yeah. I want you to give me your best. Oh my God, you have to see this ah. recommendation for movies. And it's like, yeah. if I haven't seen it, I will make myself sit and watch it all the way through. And then I'll come back and I'll comment and let you know what I thought of the movie. Huh. Um, I got some, a nice, interesting, eclectic mix oh, yeah. of recommendations from people. Dude, I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Some, some stuff was already on my list to see. Um, you know, it was like, yeah, oh yeah, okay, that reminds me I want to see that. And some some of the movies I've already but very few of these I've actually already seen. So I was like, I'm really happy about that. It was kind of it was good. I half expected most of them to be stuff I've already seen. Right. Um, because they're my friends, and most of my friends know me. And they, yeah. they're like, they're gonna recommend this. I'm like, Yeah, I've already seen it. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, there were some good um some good suggestions in there of stuff. Uh the ones that really stood out to me. Oddly enough, one of my friends recommended Master and Commander. I'm like, okay, so I'll go watch the whole thing and mm-hmm. uh, see if it's exciting or you know holds my interest at all. But like, um, uh, Big Fish, the Tim Burton movie. Oh, that's a um, fantastic. Film. That was one. Yeah, so that was one they recommended. I, and it's been in my queue off and on occasionally over the years. I just never sat down and watched it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple in here that I can't find on streaming. I'm like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But what is it? <laughs> Uh, so there is one called Happiness, Happiness, which is from 1999. It's a Todd Sullins uh, movie. It's a little more obscure. Right. Um, let me see if I can find that. Yeah, from '98. Uh, yeah. But it was a uh, bunch of bunch of well-known people in it. Uh, Jane Adams, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Laura Flynn Boyd, John Lovitz is in it. Oh. Um, it's it's sort of a comedy. It's like a more of a darker comedy i guess happiness is a little todd solens is an interesting filmmaker um he's done a lot of his stuff is very he's very much an art house kind of director so like welcome to the dollhouse and oh yeah. uh life just these a lot of films that most people haven't really seen unless they actually go looking for these movies it's, it's definitely a fil- film festival yeah he's definitely or a film a, festival kind of guy artsy theater type of movie yeah, he's an art house. Yeah, art house movies, yeah, yeah. and that's yes. that. and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's not no. something I typically watch. So yeah, I thought that was interesting, and and given the person that suggested, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so somebody recommended Dick Tracy, which I've already seen. I actually saw it in the theater as a kid, yeah. so I, I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, it's true. I get why they 
I, I assumed I should have been specific and said, why are you recommending this to me? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and list the title. Sure. But I liked it better that they didn't list that. They just put a title in there. So like, Oh, Ned, Ned Beatty. Is that the Dick Tracy? With? Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that he like directed and started. And it looks like the comic book come to life kind of Al Pacino yes. and like a ton of makeup is the, as uh yeah. lips man is the, uh, not lips manless, but I think, uh, no, it would have been lips manless, I think. And then Dustin Hoffman is 88 kids. You know, it's like yeah. being yeah. very Dustin Hoffman about his role. Yeah. And Madonna is like the, the femme fatale. So I actually enjoy it. Like, it's not a bad movie. It's, no, it's no, just no. not a, it's, it's not one. it's not a deep movie. <laughs> so no, not at all. Visually it's interesting, but it's not a deep movie. Yeah. yeah. Um no, no, no. there were a couple of um some some black and white ones that were recommended as well. Mm-hmm. Um and some older stuff like Lion Winter. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the the sixty eight version with Peter O'Toole and Catherine oh, Hepburn. Okay. Um there have been a couple of remakes since then, but um and Flight of the Phoenix probably the original Jimmy Stewart version. I've seen the remake oh, with Dennis Quaid, which actually wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, so I do kind of want to see the original. I've, I've thought about that a, a few times and stuff. I like um, Jimmy Stewart movies. Um, so there's a few, there's one uh, called uh, Hobson's choice. Mm, nope. And that one's from like 1954. Ooh. So that's probably one of the, it's definitely one of the older ones on the list. And that's like, it's a David lean directed Oh. movie with like Charles Lawton and um Prunella Scales and and like this main like mainly British cast of of actors and stuff from back in the day. Delightful. Uh, and so yeah, I was like, well this is a nice cross section of movies and I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to collect all these for streaming and then because I'm not going anywhere for Thanksgiving, I was like, I'm going to take the weekend. Yeah. I'm just going to binge watch all of these movies. Okay. Over one week because I have multiple. I'll have multiple days to watch. Uh, nice. I'm presuming I won't actually have to work that Friday, so sure. um, I'll be able to watch a bunch of these and really sit and and soak it in and kind of see how I feel about it. So that's awesome. Interesting wrinkle, though. <laughs> oh no, no, I won't be able to see all of them again. Some of them aren't available on streaming, so I'm not sure where I can find copies to to watch. Yeah, uh, like the Hobson's Choice one that and Happiness is for some reason just not available anywhere right now. Yeah. Um, in streaming media, I mean, I could get a DVD, I guess, but right. You know, these days that's even harder to do. Right. Um, but the, so, uh, the announcement dropped this week, mystery science theater 3000. Yes. They're, yes. They're doing season 12 on Netflix. They are doing their, their, they announced their Turkey day special, Ooh. uh, which is dropping five days early on Sunday, November 18th, mm. uh, called they're doing it. They're calling it the gauntlet. Uh, um, I'm not sure why they're doing it, but they're doing six, but it's the same Turkey day kind of thing. They're doing They're calling it the gauntlet cause it's not actually on Turkey day, I think, but they're doing like six movies with some host segments in between, um, like they do normally because yes, what, because it's the 30th anniversary of the show, they're dropping season 12 on Thanksgiving day. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm like, okay, there goes my Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to watch that entire season. The gauntlet. Uh, they should have called it the giblet. <laughs> Well, that's that's the Turkey Day marathon. That's that's Thursday. It will be the giblets, but um, oh, well, that's a real thing. The giblet. Yeah, giblet's an actual part of like they call it the giblet. No, no, no. Oh, I said no. that. I'm just saying oh, that's, I, gonna, that's what I'm saying. That right. was a joke. No, that was a joke. Oh, okay, right. Right. It just didn't land. Uh, um, well, I'll try again. I'll, you know what? I'll work on it. But yeah, so Mystery Science Theater 2000 season 12 dropping on Netflix on Thanksgiving Day, which makes me so happy. 
that's I'm excited to see what they're. I don't even I don't know what movies they're doing. Nobody knows what movies they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really interested to see it and um and give us and your, watch give it. Us your uh, give us your best happy turkey impression. Whatever. Happy turkey. <laughs> okay, that's getting a little the whoa, wrong whoa, happy. Whoa. Wrong level of happy. Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Keeping it PG for the kids. Um, if there are actually any that, that listen to this. I, I don't know why because then I question your parents. But <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's a great film. Have you ever seen The Shining? Yes. Okay. Like I said, uh, I, and we've talked about that before. Stanley Kubrick movies to yeah. me have been very hit or miss. Yeah, right. Um, I like I like Doctor Strange Love. I don't love it. I mean, it's I've never seen that one. It's and that's that's one I recommend. It's interesting. Yeah. There are parts. It's funny. It's very dark comedy. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um, and watching. I mean, Peter Sellers is just like. Just a, a gosh darn delight! Like it's so much fun to watch. Well, he's playing like four or five different parts. He's just yeah. amazing. he's terrific, right? Um, and some of it was interesting. Like sit, I had to sit watch it a couple of times to really kind of get in some of the details and right and some of that. It's it's a very interesting movie for sure. Um, always worth watching. I think. Right. Um, I, um, I've also believe- i I did see The Shining. I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't, it's not that I hated it. I was just kind of like, eh, you know, it's a good movie. Like it's a thing like Kubrick is a really good visual. Like he is a master craftsman when it comes to his movies and stuff, but it, it, it doesn't always like stick with you the way some movies do. Uh, The Shining Um, has a hidden, there's a hidden uh, message in there. So there's a fantastic documentary called room 237. Right. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, saw bits and pieces of the shining as a kid, of course, you know, purely because it was weird and, sure. and people were like, it's so scary. Gotta watch it. Man. So we'd have sleepovers or whatever. And somebody would always be like, I brought the shining. I don't have a beta max, man. Why would you bring a tape? Uh, anyway, so, uh, I had never seen the whole thing all the way through. And then I saw this really interesting article about the shining and and what it was about. And so I read the article and I was like, that's very interesting. When I watched the movie, I watched it from a completely different angle okay. and it was fascinating. Like if you didn't know anything about anything about that movie or what, or what it allegedly is about, mm-hmm. it's a pretty freaky movie and it will freak you out. But sure. if you look yeah. at it as like, this is there's hidden messages in here and there's history. There's history between Kubrick and, and Stephen King. Sure. There was a little bit of a riff because uh, Stanley, right. Cause Stanley Kubrick wanted the artistic license to change some things that were in the book. And Stephen yeah. King, like it's my book, it's my story, blah, blah, which blah. is ironic. Cause so much of Stephen King stuff when it's adapted to movie, it looks nothing like the original book. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, like there was one little one little thing I'll share. It was the uh, in the opening scene. I believe uh, they're they're driving a yellow Volkswagen Bug. Okay, I'm going to botch this up. I'm sure. Let's just go with this. They're driving a uh, a yellow Volkswagen Bug. In the book, the main character and his family are driving a red Volkswagen Bug, and so <gasps> right. 
And so there was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a thing between Stephen King and, and Stanley Kubrick. And uh, in the film, later on in the film, there is a horrendous accident on the highway where a gas tanker, I believe, or some type of a big truck has fallen over on top of a red Volkswagen bug. Mm. And that was Kubrick's way of saying, it's my movie. I will do it the way I want to do it. And he crushed the red bug <laughs> in the film. Yeah. That was kind of funny. But anyway, well, but, the, but there's a fantastic... Um, and the same thing with 2001 Space Odyssey. I think there's a... Um, there's either I, I was either looking at blog posts. I did this so long ago. I was either looking at blog posts or I saw a documentary or something. 2001 also has uh, hidden meetings in there as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it does. And they talk about that. And like I put the link to the incomparable um, episode on, in the show notes. So people, if they want right. to go listen to it, they can. Right. You kind of uh, have to go the below the surface when you're watching a Stanley Kubrick film. There's there's always a below the surface. Yeah. You know level that you have to be at in order to appreciate the film. I think that, yeah, when, and that's the thing is sometimes I, you know, going back and looking at like his filmography, like the, the movies he's done and stuff, there are some that I forgot that he directed like Spartacus. I was like, that's, that's actually a good movie and an enjoyable one all the way through. I'm like, I did not realize that was Stanley Kubrick. I totally forgot. Right. Um, But that was, he, he came, and then I remember hearing a story about that because, uh, some folks were, there was a article or discussion about paths of glory, which is a movie did before that also with Kirk Douglas. And that's basically Kirk talked him into coming on and doing Spartacus. Right. Based on their work on paths of glory, I think because they were having trouble with the original director or something. So they asked him to step in and take over. Right. Um, and then, yeah. So like Spartacus and Dr. Strangelove, I like those clockwork orange is interesting. Yeah, that was, uh, it's different. That's another one different from the book. Uh, in terms of how it ends, for sure. Um, there are moments of it. Like, it's, it's obviously terrifically violent uh, because that's yeah. the nature of the book. Like that's the nature of the story. Yep. Um, Barry Lyndon, I haven't really seen. I've seen bits of it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really anything I, I was drawn to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may watch it someday. If I, if I really feel like going through all of Stanley Kubrick's movies, then maybe I will at some point, but I wasn't really. Oh, take it in small um, doses, man. And Full Metal Jacket, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, in an earlier episode, like the first half of it is terrific. The second half, I just didn't care for. Absolutely. Um, you it know, does so, have that bridge of like early boot camp to actually being in. Well, and that's what, that's what a lot of people, and that's the thing, like 2001, for example, like the stuff everybody remembers about 2001 is in like the last half to third of the movie. Right, exactly. They forget about all the rest of it. Like they, everybody remembers the apes at the beginning, and then Dave Bowman with the the lights and the slits and all that stuff, and Hal at the end. Yeah, they forget right. the stuff in the middle, which is like this weird spy movie, <laughs> like a movie right. within a movie in the middle. Exactly. Um, and so, the discovery of the relic, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like no, everybody forgets about that stuff. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's that interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, um, well, the reason this came up in conversation in our in our circle was I just saw First Man. Right. Uh, and First Man, executive producer, I was corrected earlier today, executive producer Steven Spielberg, thank you very much. Uh, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic visual film, right? Yeah. I, I, did they offer an IMAX? I don't remember. If they did, don't see an IMAX. There's, there are some parts of this movie that will disorient you if you see an IMAX. It's like, 
There's a lot of spinning. There's I suspect of- it's probably. I suspect it's probably available on IMAX somewhere. All right. My personal recommendation uh, is if you are susceptible to motion sickness, don't see an IMAX because there are there are some scenes where there's some there's some violent activity on a spacecraft and there's a lot of spinning and there's a lot of shakiness and. There were parts where I had to look away because I was like, "Oh my god, the screen is spinning." Well, and I, I get why you why they do that, though. I think that's that's actually important because the idea is, and this is Damien Chazelle who directed this um, specifically. I, I know that his his ever it's always like to make you feel like you're really there, Ooh. and so especially when you're watching it on a big screen and something like IMAX really makes you oh yeah kind of puts you in that in that exactly. space. So you want that. Feeling so nauseous, like that's the effect it's supposed to have. I think, right. whether you agree with it or not, I don't know. But right. that's but that's that's kind of that's the idea. I think behind that is to really make you feel that that's spinning and stuff. Um, right. Well, anyway, so we saw this movie, First Man, fantastic film. Uh, it, you know, I think it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good story about Neil Armstrong and his journey to becoming an astronaut. It's fantastic, right? Uh, there were. The, there were a lot of slow parts in between the meat of the movie. Mm. If that makes sense. And uh, it's a long film. It's, it was long. Uh, sure. But anyway, we were talking about this. And of course, after the film, uh, somebody in the theater said, did we really go to the moon? <laughs> or like that. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. Right. And then it made me think, I was like, and then I was with my friend and, and I had said, you know, interestingly enough, uh, conspiracy theory says that that we may have gotten to the moon that night, but we may have not seen the actual video footage of it. We may have seen video footage of a soundstage in London. And conspiracy theory says... (laughs) That Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing on the set of 2001 Space Odyssey because it was still it was still very much there. Now, sure, where does The Shining come into all this? If you watch The Shining and you watch Room 237, which is the documentary, again, conspiracy theory says that The Shining because Stanley Kubrick was not allowed to ever talk about what he did. He incorporated it into the shining and the shining is actually his confession to filming the moon landing. <laughs> well, interesting. interesting. Now, interesting. now whether it's true yeah. or not, I don't know, but it's, this is all conspiracy theory and it makes it very, very interesting because there's only a few people on this earth that actually know what happened. Did we go to the moon? Mm. Okay, I believe. Yeah, we, I'm pretty sure we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Did we actually see it? I'm not sure. I'm I'm still pretty sure we did. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm 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 that's that's was, a was, that's a lot of work for really crappy video. I just I feel like they. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I I I'll say this. I believe we went to the moon. I believe. Uh, I believe that we were there. Well, and oddly enough, there is um, the funny thing is there was a movie that came out a few years ago that uh, is a comedy and it's meant to and it talks about this very conspiracy that you're talking about. It's called Moonwalkers. Mm. Uh, it's an action comedy with Ron Perlman 
and uh, Rupert Grint from Harry Potter fame um, as these guys who basically are trying to find Kubrick so to get hit to talk him into uh, staging the moon landing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that, that's kind of the, the premise of the movie, I think. And yeah. it's like this super weird, it's a very set in the 60s, like very late 60s kind of right, right. vibe and just kind of wacky exactly sort of comedy i i that's one of those kind of ones like i kind of want to see that at some point um you know what it's because it looks funny well if you go back in the history and they touch on this in the the first man as well there was massive tension between the united states and russia yes for the space race yes and the president again another conspiracy theory the president was allegedly had said then this is how kubrick got involved allegedly that one way or another the american people and the world are going to watch an american walk on the moon tonight Mm. and so that was sort of a plan b now was that meant to dupe everybody no what i think it was was we want to get all the way to the moon and then not have video footage of it right that's what i'm thinking it was that somehow we needed you know the united states needed to broadcast a man walking on the moon and Kubrick's soundstage was plan B if uh, technical difficulties arose from, you know, a sure. television broadcast from the moon. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I'm trying to say is that I think we went there. I'm not sure if we actually saw the moon or we saw the soundstage. Right. But a man was on the moon that my, I, my feeling is we landed there. And we did what we said we did. We walked, we plopped a flag down, whatever. And then we ejected and came home. Okay. That's what I think. I don't know. It's interesting because there's a, you know, there's a big, there's a big, uh, what do you call it? Um, Discrepancy. Sure. There's not a hundred percent people believe in one way or another, I don't think it's interesting. Anyway, but if you watch The Shining in that from that, well, there's angle, always gonna you're never gonna get a hundred percent of people believing in one. No, thing. No, no, no. But I, but what's no. interesting is like The Shining and the, in the documentary, it actually makes sense. And I, I like that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, that does make sense. That was interesting. Like, there's a lot of hidden things in The Shining that you wouldn't have seen if you didn't go into it thinking in this on this track. Sure. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's good. Anyway, you want some good like. Want to, you want a real thinker? Watch The Shining and then watch Room 237. And mm-hmm. it's, well, I put links to both of those because The Shining is currently available on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, room 237 is not, but you can rent it. So like YouTube has it. And yeah. but basically most of your major streaming services, it's available for rent. I put the, yeah. the link we'll have in the show notes is for the YouTube one. <coughs> Excuse me, just because it's mainly platform agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um. Rather than like so, so if you're not married to iTunes, you know you can find it wherever, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, and then Moonwalkers, I put a link in that too because that's also on Netflix right now. So I think yeah. that's gonna, yeah. you know, if you feel if you feel like watching that too, why not? Why not? It's interesting, to say the least. It's interesting. I think what I'm gonna do, what I'll do is, um, like the movies, like the list that I drew up of things that people recommended. Um, 
when I get that all done, I'll compile it and put it up on our, on our Facebook page um, for people with links so they can go, if they want to go watch these movies, they can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as well for themselves or, you know, if maybe they have other recommendations, who knows? Yeah. Um, have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet? No, I, I was thinking about it this weekend. I almost went yesterday cause I was a little bored and I'm like, what am I going to do? I want to do this and that. Yeah. And I was watching TV instead because I'm trying to catch up on a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. I I do want to see it. I don't I'm not so married to having to see it on the big screen. So oh. I money, you know, I'm trying to be of careful course. with the no, money. So yes. Uh and and going to the movies in Atlanta is a very expensive proposition. Oh boy. So um <laughs> uh, so I try to say like I we talked about that a little bit last week. Like I try I'm trying to save right those moments for stuff like so like if 2001 was in the movie theaters right now which i missed because they had their 50th anniversary tour earlier earlier in the year yeah um i totally would have gone to see that if i thought about it at the time right um to actually sit sit in a theater full of people and watch it you know to get that because that's one of those but then i was like well i have this giant 4k tv out here you know i can get the um it can get a you know 4K, get a Blu-ray player, pop in a Blu-ray version of yeah. 2001 and watch it on a relatively large screen for a small room, you know, and, yeah. and actually watch the whole thing in detail. Right. I um, love seeing, like, I love seeing movies, like, vintage, you know, movies, yeah. whatever, in the back in the theater. They, they're doing that. They're like, uh, a lot of theaters yeah. will do that. They'll bring back, like... Well, Fathom class. Events has been big on, oh, they've been yeah. at the forefront Fathom a lot. Events. Well, it makes it easier because they don't have to take one print to a bunch of theaters. They can right. just digitally stream it everywhere. And, yeah, and that works out. Um, and it's still, and it's a really good resolution. Like, it's a mm-hmm. real, it's not necessarily like a restoration, but it's, no. it's, it's a, it's a good enough print that it looks clean and it, it right. looks good when you watch it on screen right. and stuff. Like, right. the funny thing was when I, I remember going to see last year when I went to see Wrath of Khan. Mm. Um, and I remember we talked about that a little bit and they, it was funny because watching it in the theater and then I've seen it at home and I was like, you know, at home on my, like my computer monitor or watching on there, it's a much cleaner resolution than seeing it in the theater, but seeing it in the theater, like the, it just yeah. adds, there's a, because you're seeing it with a, a group of people. Yeah. There's the communal. And I still like going to the movie theater because it's that yeah. communal experience. Of, I do too of being in a space um, despite the, those ever lingering fears in the back of my head that, you know, because of movie theater shootings, things like that. And and it's been so seldom that that's ever happened, but it still just nags in the back of my head. It's sad that we have to live in a world like that. Yeah. Well, this is, that's part of the reason I end up going like early on a Sunday morning or something like right when the theater opens, when the crowd is very small. Um. So it's not a packed house necessarily, you know, it's just, I mean that, and I like going in the morning in general anyway, but um, yeah, sure. I, uh, we'll I think that. that, yeah, there's still things I go to, to the theater, like the, like I said, the Plaza, the art house theater, they do stuff every, they're running a bunch of things right now. And yeah, uh, so I'll go there and support it cause it's an independent movie house. So I'm like, yeah, I absolutely want to support their continued existence. Right. Um, and that kind of thing. Nothing wrong with chain theaters, but you know, it's nice to have, have that place you can go to see the really weird stuff. Yeah. You know, every once in a while. Yeah. Um, well, Bohemian Rhapsody is on our list for this weekend. Cool. Cool. You know, God willing. Uh, but we are, I was, I'll throw a link in the show notes too. Uh, we are listening to a very interesting podcast starring Brian May. 
oh. he should be on our show. But um, <laughs> he was on the list. He was, he was on the list of he's yeah, on the list, on our, right? Maybe list one day we'll... the show. Yeah, he was on our dream list of guests. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but he, they they had aired a a uh, interview with him, an interview with him uh, back in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, and he was talking about Queen and their history and all of this. And um, anyway, they had replayed it last night because of the release of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. Right. And so it was a very interesting, it was a very interesting thing. And they kind of talked, he, he kind of talked about the origin of some of the songs and, you know, how they developed them and, and, and how, and the, uh, back then the, the technical constraints that they had with the 24 track tape, uh, because when they would record things, they would sometimes have 80 tracks. Right. And so they would have to record, they would record 24 tracks and then they compress that down to one track and then they would add that one track to another 24 tracks and they compress that down. They kept compressing. And so what was happening was at one point they were wearing out the tape so thin that they could see through it. So they would have to take that and then re-record that onto good tape so they, they could keep. And he was talking about how some of the songs that they developed because the technology wasn't there, it was so challenging, but they did it. And then the end result was what we hear, but of course we don't know the history of how they made those songs, like technically made those songs that we can't possibly appreciate it the way that, that the sure. artists can, right? And so it was just—it was so interesting to listen. That was just one part of the interview, but it was so listen, it, 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 interesting to listen to this. And then I went back and I listened to some of those songs, and I was like, "Oh man, I could totally hear it!" Like you can totally hear. How like Brian May in a couple songs he would voice like fourteen different parts, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't. But we don't know that. We just know the end result, and we're like, oh, that's a, that's an okay song. It's a cool song. Yeah, I like it. But you don't get it now. Now that I have this knowledge, I went back. I'm like, oh my god, I appreciate this so much more. That now I know what kind of like, like what kind of sweat and 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 muscle and tears went into making these film these uh, these songs. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw a link in the show notes for if anybody's interested to listen to that podcast. Well, and I know because they're touring, or they were at least through last year, they were touring um, a lot. And Adam Lambert, who's mostly known from I think from American Idol, uh, and some of that has been fronting, uh, performing with Queen. Like he was, he he took over kind of as a front man on that tour, yeah. a little bit. Uh, right. And he's been doing that actually for several years, but he was like a runner up on American Idol or something. Like it wasn't even a winner necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, it's one of those things like it, I, I, you always look at it sideways, like, um, like Van Halen and it's various different eras of, of lead singers. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. And you're always like, a new guy comes in and you're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You right. know, but then that, but then that 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 group, that version of it, will have its own fans, exactly that crop up as well. So I'm like, all right, you know, that's cool. I mean, they can still, they're still playing and stuff. And I love that Brian May's got like a PhD in this astro, astronomy, in astrophysics, right? He, astrophysics. His, that's it. Thank you. His PhD, boy, when he was talking, and, and I put the link in the show notes. It was an NPR. Okay. It was an NPR interview. Oh, uh, it's probably Fresh Air. Or something. Oh, Fresh Air. Yep. Uh huh. And he talks about his thesis or his dissertation for his PhD. Mm. And it was basically about space dust. Uh, but it's got a very, very, very fancy title. <laughs> of course it does. Well, most dissertations do. So yeah. Um, to, you know, cause you got to draw the people in, but no, I mean, that's kind of cool. It's interesting. Uh, I always thought when I heard about that, like when he first got it, I was like, 
really? But yeah. all right, that's an interesting choice. But you know, go good on you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to have a plan B in case the music career fails. Yeah, <laughs> the entire transcript of that of that interview is on the link that I sent. Oh yeah, I'm sure NPR does Let me that. See if I can find uh, it's toward the end when he talks about his PhD. Here we go. Uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's got a really interesting title. Well, if I'm not going to find it, Doppler. Uh, yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's interesting. It's a very interesting title. Here, let me just do a search. I can do a quick search for like the it's it's where he talks about the space dust. Yeah, I'm I'm at that section in the transcript right now. I was looking at it. Yeah. Um uh, survey of radio velocities in the zodiacal dust cloud. That's it. That's the yeah. one. <laughs> but that's Brian May, man. That's the lead guitarist of Queen. Missed- Writing this, a PhD, yeah. you know, writing his dissertation about a survey of radial velocities in the zodi- zodiacal dust cloud basically says that where that wherever there's a universe or a sun, there's going to be planets passing through some type of space dust. And his theory was surrounding that space dust and its origin. Like, was it part of the creation of the universe, and that's why it's there? Anyway. It's a very, it's a very yeah. interesting interview to listen to. It's a very, it's a very, yeah. I want to say it's a very light PhD, but it's, you know, it's yeah. I mean, he, he had to work on it. I mean, it's a PhD. It's not, yeah, but he's that, doing like, which is yeah. great. Yeah, no, it's look at this guy, and he's like doing said, like lectures it, and things in colleges, right? And like, well, yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's got his doctorate now. He's you know, why not? Um, I would say, like I said, it's a good fallback in case his music career never takes off. You know, well, want to make sure you've got something going on. Um. Yeah. There's another guy. Uh, let me find him. There's another guy that actually does some stuff with Queen who actually looks at, looks like Freddie Mercury and sounds like Freddie Mercury. Uh, and he actually did some of the movie in some in some areas where they needed like a Freddie Mercury like they were doing that in a rehearsal or something and they, and they needed somebody that sounded like Freddie Mercury during the rehearsal part of whatever the movie, something that wasn't previously recorded. They called this guy in to actually do those parts. So mm. what we're hearing is not really what's his name? Romy Malik. Rami. Yeah. Rami, Rami Malik. Rami, Rami yeah. Malik. We're not actually hearing Rami Malik. We're hearing this other guy. Yeah. I'm shocked. Um, yeah. No, he did try. He even in some of the interviews, Rami is talking about because he had to audition for, for Queen to play Freddie Mercury, so he actually had to sing uh, as well. So I was like, okay, that's kind of yeah. you know good, good on him. For that. Yeah, um, but this guy's really good. Like he, there's a um, there's a YouTube video of him uh, of of this guy doing Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's freaking awesome. Like it's really good. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I'll find it. Okay, and then I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where um, Mark Martell. Here it is, Mark Martell. This guy, man, he's good. Whew. Anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, okay. But hmm. it's really this guy. This is the guy, Canadian, right? That, yeah, this is the yeah. guy that okay. they. He is probably he's been working really closely with Queen. And uh, he's the guy that they go to when they need a Freddie Mercury 
look alike, sound alike. Sure. And yeah. this guy cool. is like, and, and it's scary. When you watch this guy, it's pretty scary. He's really close. Super duper close. I believe it. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway. Good, yeah, good for him. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it was yeah, cuz it was a it was a competition for their the the tribute the tribute project they were doing. Yeah. And then yeah, he got like a ton of views and stuff, so. Right. Well, now that I know how Queen actually made their music, like technically how they made mm-hmm. their music cuz I'm a sound guy. I love I love sound. I love manipulating sound, doing stuff with sound. Uh I appreciate these songs even more now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, check it out check out queen listen to their stuff watch listen to the video. I, I like queen i do too i, I do like queen i have I a really bunch do. of their stuff uh somewhere i also all of my music's on my drobo somewhere i think I, that's I, what hooked me into flash out. gordon flash gordon the movie is awful you know i, I didn't <laughs> like it i mean as a kid i loved it but i think i was i was i remember as a child going to see flash gordon and then being like I want to get that soundtrack. Like that was my first thought. I want that soundtrack. So I went to the, I went to the music store at the time that there were music stores. I don't remember which one I went to, but I walked in and I went to the soundtrack aisle and I couldn't find it. And so I went and I talked to the guy, you know, somebody that worked there and I said, I'm looking for flash Gordon. I don't see it in the soundtrack section. And he goes, it's not in the soundtrack section. You actually have to look in the, in the rock section under queen. And I went, what? That's interesting. So, of course, I go over there and there's, I bought the album. I bought the, the, the record, the 12-inch sure. LP. Uh, and then when it came out on you know, CD, I bought that as well. But I, I wore that record out. I absolutely wore that record out. Well, it's interesting that you, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, I wasn't actually originally going to talk about that, but it just, it spurred my memory on this this week, which was, um, they announced, let me see if I can find the article uh, real quick. There was, um, there was an article that hit this week. It came across in the, the Dragon Con Facebook group. Somebody had shared it there. Um, God, the group is so busy. Let me see if I can find. Uh, they're talking about, oh, yeah, there, was that it? I think that was. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, the guy who directed uh, the recent movie Overlord, J.J. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abrams produced like a horror film that's out right now. Um, he has signed on to uh, write and direct a remake of Flash Gordon. Well, uh, it was previously well, Matthew Vaughn, uh, Kingsman, and uh, Kickass, and 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 Wanted. Uh, he yeah. was originally the guy who was going to direct. Uh, he's now just going to produce, but they're oh. they're looking at doing another um, another attempt at remaking Flash Gordon. Yes. Now, um, granted, for the '80s, okay, in the for the '80s, the movie was pretty decent. Oh, it's right? very 1980. Yeah, it's yes, very right? it's like very back in the day. It's I very late was, '70s. Yeah, it's like yeah, a disco. I, movie. I thought it was awesome as a kid. I I I saw that movie probably twelve times back then. Yeah. As and I revisited it as an adult, and I was ready for that same like i love this movie and i watch it and i'm like this oh yeah it's it's <laughs> i love it because it is so cheesy and dated <laughs> yeah. and just well here's the thing um because they're talking about the remake and i'm just like uh because they did a few years ago the sci-fi channel they tried to do a series mm. 
rebooting Flash Gordon, but they made it this weird, dark, like it just wasn't good. Like it was almost, it was like they tried to take the concept of Flash Gordon and, and it had shades of it. It felt like they had the vibe of the super Mario brothers movie. Almost. It was, it was really not good. Mm -hmm. Um, not the, it wasn't the actor's fault. Just the story idea was weak and yeah, because their take on it, like they tried to change the core of what it is. Yeah. And, it doesn't work. First of all, the concept of Flash Gordon is really dated just because of our own knowledge of science at this point. Right. Uh, very similar to uh, John Carter. Mm. Uh, when Disney tried to do that, tried to make a movie version of that. If you've read the books, like it is really, because you know, there's a lot of misogyny and things, but stuff that was valid for the time that those books were written. Mm. So a lot of, you know, all the damsels are in distress and kind of things like that. And they did, what they could with the movie, um, which is actually isn't that bad. Mm. It's not a terrible movie. It's just not John Carter of Mars. Like it's not that it's really, it's, it's telling the story of the book, but not effectively because mm. it's just, it's just dated material. Right. Um, and so you either try to do like a deconstruction of it, or you play up that, that genre and that, that time period, like, uh, the mummy from 1999, you know, the Brendan Fraser mummy. Yes. That one is a really good take on that idea. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a celebration of that genre of film. It's not sitting there trying to deconstruct. Well, what if the mummy was like a good guy or, yeah. you know, misunderstood and like, well, no, it's good guys and bad guys. And there you go. Yeah. It's very straightforward. It's not, um, there's not a lot of, you know, overtone, you know, there's not a lot of subtext to it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, this would be, this would be interesting. And so I, so I'm hesitant anytime they're going to remake. I'm not opposed to a remake, but it's like, you got to be really careful. Yeah. When you're rebooting stuff, that's right. That, that people love for what they love it for. Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, and the claim for this film was the music. So I wonder, I'm really kind of, yeah. Well, see, this is the thing. Like, even when I was a kid watching Flash Gordon, like I thought it was cheesy as, as hell. Yeah. It's very soap opera ish and very over the top. And, but I enjoyed it because it's still fun. Like there's some action and it's, you know, and it was just, it was ridiculous good time. And I still get that way watching it as an adult when I get a chance, you know, it's like, ah, that's that's hilarious. Um, There were some moments like when they, um, when he, squares off with Prince Baron and they got that monster in the tree or whatever with the, the, that actually, yeah, that actually scared me when I was a kid. Yeah. Like now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, like it's not anywhere near as, as frightening. And Max von Sydow's Ming was just terrific. Like he's just so very, just, you know, just really almost like years later when, uh, when they did the Dungeons and Dragons movie and Jeremy Irons was like the main villain in that and just, needed to eat the scenery whole yeah yeah <laughs> just way over that just really yeah. just got into it yeah um i love when a, i love when an actor gets a chance to do that and just go over the top and just be like yeah you know? yeah yeah so so i'm i'm skeptical i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i hope they'll do good with it yeah i haven't i have no interest in seeing overlord mm-hmm. um I'm not a horror movie guy so i don't I'm care uh, it's like Nazis and it has to deal with like, these weird zombie monster things. I kind of read the, the plot of the movie a little bit, nope. but um, yeah, I just didn't interest me at all. Um, 
and that's okay. I'm, I'm sure other people went and saw it and enjoyed it. Um, good for them. It was interesting because it's like it's a Halloween movie, but it opened like the Friday after Halloween. Mm. Kind of like, eh, you kind of missed the boat a little bit. <laughs> right, Halloween's over. We're not scared anymore. Uh, yeah, you should open the Friday before, but then Halloween actually opened the Friday before, so you don't, you know, you're like yeah. you're not going to be able to compete with that. Nope. So I kind of understood it, but it's like, eh, all right. Um, yeah, I assume Overlord will be kind of quick in and out of the theaters because now, like you're seeing with Bohemian Rhapsody and First Man, and so it is now biopic slash award season for movies the, for all the Oscar contenders start piling into the theaters between now and the end of the year. Right. Uh, Cause they have to, at least in LA and New York, like they have to open in theaters in those cities before a certain deadline to qualify for the Oscars. Yeah. And so uh, studios will wait until the last possible minute to get it into theaters. So it stays fresh in the minds mm-hmm. and is in a wide release when the actual Oscars come around and when voting happens and things like that. So it's fresh in their minds. Um, so that's why you tend to see that like these weird, like these biopics more often than not, everybody seems to think they're Oscar bait. Mm -hmm. So they always do the, they do these like big, get a big name to play some, some historical figure. And then they release it in like December. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. It's things have kind of turned on their head a little bit with starting back at like when the Lord of the Rings came out. And then when Star Wars started coming, resurfacing, where things were coming out in December that are like, ooh, you know, like really big projects. Yeah. Um, so hopefully there'll be more of that. So we get something other than just the summer season. You, so you can get some of the stuff year round. Marvel's trying to do that with, with the movies they're releasing at points. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see. I'm not sure what's actually coming up between now and the end of the year, if there's anything interesting movie wise, um, yeah. I'm sure there's probably something. Yeah. Uh, but, Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. We had talked about that Robin hood movie, whatever. Uh, yeah. Fantastic beast opens next weekend. Hmm. Um, Oh yeah. The Spider-Man, the animated Spider-Man movie. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. That's on yeah the 14th of December. Yeah. And then Aquaman opens right before Christmas. Yeah. So I am Aquaman and Bumblebee in the same weekend. So if you like the Transformers as well, mm-hmm. um, that does look like an interesting collection of stuff. And then the the Will Ferrell Sherlock Holmes movie. That, and Wreck-It Ralph too. Yeah. Yeah. That's next weekend as well. Or no, it's in a couple weekends. Yeah. It's a couple, like right before Thanksgiving that comes out. Yes. The Wednesday before, the day before Thanksgiving that opens. They gets the whole, uh, oh yeah, the, the, Christmas Chronicles. I think that's going on Netflix. Yeah, that's the one with Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Oh boy! I, you know what? I gotta say that actually looks kind of funny. I saw the trailer on Netflix, and I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. Um. So that might be that. Just looks that just looks like a silly, silly good time. You know. Um. And it's on Netflix, so you know. Well, we back. like silly good times. Why not? Yeah. That's it's always that, good to life have. Should be. I think life should be about more silly good times than anything else yes yeah i would agree with that uh with that statement and then clint eastwood's next movie is coming out uh in december as well yeah that trailer on that looks really good it does it does that's the one they shot here in georgia actually um this past summer yeah first man Uh, was part of the georgia project too yeah there's a lot of stuff that shoots here i mean it's just the way it is right now um 
hopefully it'll keep going. Depends on some of that's poli- some of that's political. It just depends on mm-hmm. where things go. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Staying cautiously optimistic, right. but uh, you know, we'll get a piece of that, man. Get in there. I'm trying slowly. Know, it's know, it's it's tough because it, a lot of the stuff that they cast here, it's not really the speaking roles. Um, it's a lot of extra work. Like I have friends who work uh, quite regularly doing background stuff on a number of shows because they get the right parts and things so they can be in repeated episodes and, and they hustle, but they hustle the work too, like crazy. I have, I actually have a day job that, you know, helps pay my bills. Right. Thanks. So, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, for that. But, um, Oh yeah. The Mary Poppins movie, the, that one, Mary Poppins, that's going to be good too. Yeah. The Spider-Man one though is the one I'm most excited for. I know me too. I love spider ham. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> just like so excited. that last trailer just blew my mind it was like yeah that's so awesome so, yeah i'm really excited for that i don't even know why like i don't read the spider-man comics but that just looks like so much ridiculous yeah. fun yeah um so you know and, and actually we're showing all the spider spiders man spider men and women spider persons uh because spider, spider, spider gwen does show up she's like a major oh. character in the in the movie so <gasps> Uh, I'll be curious to see if Spider Woman Jessica Drew makes an appearance or uh, any of that. Some of the some of the deeper cut. I mean, if they're having Spider Ham show up, I'm like, that's some deep cut. That's, <laughs> that's some deep cut Spider Man right there. So yeah, that sure is. I'm that's really curious more. to see. I'm be really interested to see what what the result of that is. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so you know, what what do people think? Do you folks out there? have that one movie that's like, Oh my God, you have to see this more than others. Obviously some people have several, you know, it's like, you need to see this. You need to see this. So I'm like, eh, you know, you really don't, but uh, yeah. can add to the list of my, um, my film knowledge and yeah. things to be like, this is really, this is really cool. And this is why I think you should see this. Yeah. Uh, let us know, you know, um, like I said, I'll try and put a post on the Facebook page. It won't be, it probably won't be this week. It'll be probably closer to the end of the month after Thanksgiving when I have time to sit and watch these things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we'll put a, we'll put it up there and we'll put a link in the show note when we get around to that episode and stuff. Uh, so you can share that in the meantime, you can post your suggestions on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Brian trust. Mm-hmm. Um, we're available there. And, you know, if you want to share stuff with us, please, by all means, um, you can get this episode and all of our episodes on our website at briantrustpodcast.com. Uh, I almost blanked on the URL for a second. I'm doing these out of order. So it threw me off. Wow. Um, that's great. Keep going. We're off the usual spiel, but you can, you can listen to all of our episodes there. You can subscribe there and in an Apple podcast, and we're working on adding it to additional platforms as well. But if you have a podcatcher of your choice, like I use Overcast or if you're using Castro or Pocket Cast or whatever your, um, wherever you, wherever you listen to your podcast, feel free to subscribe to our show. Uh, wherever you listen, if they give you the chance, rate and review the shows by all means. Um, nothing wrong with that. We like to know what people think uh, through that. Be honest, but be fair. Um, and it's particularly on Apple Podcasts. If you really like the show, but you think there's something we can tweak, just give it five stars. Um, because Apple just ignores, apparently ignores everything underneath that, uh, either five or, because they're basically like five or one, like the way Netflix moved to that thumbs up, thumbs down garbage, you know? <laughs> so, 
either they really love it or they really hate it. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of in between, you know. Um, But you can leave feedback for there uh, in the review. Like if you read review, you can say, you know, we want to tweak these things. Or you can just contact us directly by email Mm -hmm. uh, at at gmail.com. Again, we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Brian Trust. We're also on the Twitters. The show is at the Brian Trust. Individually, we're also on Twitter. I am at Actor Geek. I am at B Selke. Um, and a new one this week. I am also on Mastodon. What's this? It's it's, it's a, another federated social network. I'm just trying trying experiments. So I'm at Actor Geek at Mastodon Social. Okay. Um, so if you guys want to find it and follow it, and I don't post a lot on there yet because I'm not sure I've never heard of it. That. Yeah. Uh, it's new ish, um, uh, but I'll put the link in the in the show notes for that as well. Um, so you guys can check it out and see. It's it's a nice alternative to Twitter. Okay. Um, kind of. It's it's a weird mix of like Twitter and Facebook in a way, but it's all like decentralized, mm. uh, like very decentralized and federated. It's okay. a whole thing. Um, okay. You might like it as an IT guy, or at least reading up on it. I don't know if we I'll actually want to use it, it, but why not? Uh, but in the meantime, thanks so much for listening to this. It's episode one hundred and six of the Brian Trust, and until next time. On, on a serious note, uh, it's Veterans Day this weekend. Yes. I would like to say to all the veterans, thank you for serving your country. Yes. We appreciate it. And thank you, Brian, for serving your country. As we talked about last year, oh, we had a whole episode on that. Thank you. So I'll thank throw you. that link in the show notes if people want to go back and find it. So actually, I don't yeah. think it's up yet. But <laughs> it, I think it fell into the backlog. <laughs>